0: Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the Self-Confidence, Masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them, Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3equip.com. That's a 3 A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner. Honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy. Get yours today at A3EQUIP.com. Proceed with caution. All doctors to the ER. Do these guys have any
1: idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about... squared away spiritual get squared away
0: emotional
1: get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away
0: well we're back again and I have to I have to congratulate our listeners really yeah you know why no why? Facebook is announcing its largest layoff ever—thirteen thousand employees. I think that's due to our listeners' lack of use of social media. <laughs> you think
1: so? Yep, I think so. You I got think, some data to back that up?
0: Um, just this is this one's total gut feels. No, no data on this one. This one's all gut feels. No, okay.
1: But, uh, but
0: yeah, I just I have to congratulate everybody because apparently we're not. Uh, Scrolling enough ads for them to make enough money to pay these 13,000 people. (laughs) Oh, all right, man. Um, What else do I got? Uh, U.S. Customs holding 1,000 Chinese shipments of solar panels due to concerns that the products were made with slave labor. I know that's hard to believe. Wow.
1: Right? There's no slave labor in China. Well, there's uh, people are mass producing uh, solar panels. Canada is, uh, I just saw loads and loads and loads of those things in, uh, the last where else I was at, these, Pennsylvania.
0: These will probably, uh, these will probably make it to a different country that just really doesn't care as much. I suppose. Yeah. That's kind of the weird thing, right? Like probably when we're saying you, you can't do that. They're like, let fine. We'll sell them somewhere else. Whatever. It'll be in the, uh, in Haiti. Sheriff's department in California with high crime rate announces end of daytime patrols due to catastrophic staffing shortages. No, yeah, really? Yep. Where in California? Uh, it just says Sheriff's department in California with high crime rate. Doesn't say specifically where, and they're gonna try to push me through a paywall when I
1: click on it. So no. could be clickbait. I don't know. There's so many, so much. Uh, like Green Bay Packer clickbait. No <laughs> right way. In this last week.
0: Not from not from real news no BS, it's not. Mm. If I uh if I type it in, it'll pull it up. But anyways, what what's up with you?
1: What's up with me? Yeah. Other than uh you know, a little bit of a problem this morning. Yeah. <laughs> what, five, how the fuck how old are you? Oh must be I hit five oh and uh must have gone into senility this morning. Can't find my stupid wallet. <laughs> It's probably sitting, uh, at first I was just like, you know what, it's probably like in my front pocket. I actually did to the uh, front pocket check and wasn't there, so I'll find it. It'll be somewhere, but I'm at this, I'm at that age where, you know what, I should probably use technology and get the Apple Tile and like start putting it on things so I don't misplace them. Right,
0: like, I don't know where I put, I don't know where I put that, <laughs> but then you lose right. your phone and you won't be able to find your Apple Tile. Oh, I know tahima county sheriff office announces that as of november 20th there will be no daytime patrols anywhere
1: in the county due to catastrophic staffing shortages Wow. Well, yeah i don't know man that state's got some uh, definite issues so yeah
0: but i don't i think this is a. Uh, I
1: mean this is an exacerbation of an issue that's happening nationwide yeah but in certain areas only which
0: is weird Well, I mean, I'm guessing in, like, central Idaho, it's probably not too big of a deal to be a cop, right? Nope. So, I mean, when you have states that don't have your back, your interest in being a cop there is probably pretty fucking lackadaisical. Yeah. I mean, how would you feel? How would you feel if you were a cop in one of those states where you know that if something went wrong, your leadership does not have your back?
1: Well, yeah, that's, uh, I'd be moving exactly or i'd find another uh, line of work which unfortunately i have a lot of friends that used to be cops and they're still young and they uh yeah they quit which is just sad because they were, you know they were good cops yeah so you know now one's doing like real estate and one's uh in uh, in construction it's like man you know these guys have trained and they put their lives on a line and yeah, the minute you reject them, boom. It's like, hey, it's not worth doing it.
0: No, because that's that's uh, w- when you start to weigh the risk versus reward, right? Like, it's a pretty rewarding job, but the risk, if, if it means, you know, your leadership not having your back and you going to fucking prison.
1: Yeah. It, that Then the risk versus reward is not there. Yeah, yeah and their families pushed them for that, too. I mean, they got young kids and, you know, a spouse and extended family. So, it's just not, like you said, not worth the risk, so. It's too bad. US port
0: of entry temporarily closed after body found on road with narco message.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Did they think this wasn't gonna be an issue? I mean this is like two years in now. Right? Two more years to go, and I don't know. After the midterms, I I'm really starting to lose hope. Yeah, what happened? Let's let's talk about the midterms. In your opinion, what do you think happened? I don't know. I think you have a a bunch of solid examples. I mean, Florida was a, an example of hey, you know, leadership saying, "Look, we're going to we're not going to allow all these exceptions, you know, we're going to do it the way it should be done." And boom, uh, somehow they were they counted millions and millions of uh ballots and everything was accurate and Based on their leadership, I think the population there spoke words basically by vote, and Republicans uh, turned everything red there pretty much, even Miami-Dade County, which was rare. That's extremely and That was rare. a surprise. So, you know, it's it shows that it's not about being a politician. It's just about being a good leader and having good leadership and surrounding yourself with good people and good policies. And guess what? Your population, they're going to be like, Hmm, guess what? I want to keep things like this, but you know, you got Arizona right now, who's the population's much less and they're still having issues counting ballots. I mean, come on. So why is it that unfortunately the pattern that they, you know, they've seen, and it's not me saying it, it's, it's what the data is showing is how come all these blue states are having problems counting ballots?
0: That's an interesting question. Like, I guess to really, to really look at it, we would have to first kind of break down what their technology is, right? Like what technology they're using?
1: Well, they're using that same garbage that they used for the presidential election. Those Dominion uh, copy machines, the ones that we had uh, voted uh, here too. Yeah. So, but it it really, all it is, is a, it's a copy machine that's doing OCR. It's It's a scanner. Yeah. Yeah and scanning the black dots and some of these states are saying well the the dots weren't black enough i'm like i don't know when i went there it was like a black ballpoint pen i mean how does it not get any blacker than that so who knows
0: yeah i don't know it's it's interesting right like what what, where did we end up the last the last that we looked as far As far as as the balance of of power
1: No, I mean, Republicans will probably take the House again by just squeaking it out, which, you know, you kind of, given everything that's going on and what they were talking about, the red wave, even like Rogan was saying, there should have been at least more of like a, a red, like, skimboard wave or something going on, but it was too close, given all the crap that's happening now, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, are people happy? I mean, 75% of the people aren't happy with the economy. So here's my thought. Right?
0: And I feel like this is it's it's a little bit of a stretch, but it makes sense in my head. So we all heard about this red wave and all this this mass of of people, what are they the silent majority that was going to come forward, right? Yeah. But look at how hard it is to find anybody that wants to work. Look at how many jobs are open. Look at how poor service is. Look at just the pure lack of investment into, I don't want to say career, but just just literally self-reliance that there is in our country, right? So what makes us think that magically... We can't find people to fill jobs. We can't find people that want to work. We can't find people that want to be self-reliant. But we're magically going to find this secret red wave of people that are going to just step forth and become the majority. I think that we're snowballing ourselves. I think that I think that we're we have this this uh, romanticiza- romanticization. Whereas I think everybody that we think is in this red wave is literally in that forty nine percent that we keep going back and forth, 49%, 49%, 49%, 49%. I don't think there is people that are just silently sitting at home waiting to be, you know, upset enough to come out and vote.
1: Yeah, but the things that don't... uh, I mean, okay, here's one. There's one thing that makes sense, one thing that doesn't make sense. The one thing that, you know, doesn't make sense is that, let's say our state, right? So... The the Democratic governor won, but the Republican senator won, the main senator, or I don't want to say Maine, but the, the, the I don't know, the, the highest seat. So, like, let's say, so Ron Johnson was a Republican and Tim Michaels was the governor, but a lot of people that basically vote red will vote a red ticket. There's not a ton of independents in Wisconsin. So.
0: No, but not. I think that there's a lot more people that vote they pick and choose vote versus just voting red ticket. So I think what happens there is it's always it's always a lot harder to unseat an incumbent, right? So we had two incumbent people in those elections that you're talking about. Ron Johnson was the incumbent and mm-hmm. Tony Evers was the incumbent. So we had two incumbents and it's always harder to to overseat, outseat unseat that's the word i'm looking for to unseat an incumbent so i think right there that that right there is evidence that it is a lot harder to unseat an incumbent
1: yeah but man i don't understand that if you're not happy with how things are i don't know i mean the thing to me that makes somewhat sense is that when you look at all the heat maps for all these uh, states basically a lot of them were just almost all red, but the problem is your concentration of the population, like the universities. Um, and I, and I saw this in the last few weeks, um, concentration of the universities. My daughter was telling me that, you know, they're bringing, you know, they're allowing students to vote at the university, right? Um, this Asian grocery store that I go to in Madison, it's called will market. So it's a grocery store slash, you know, restaurant and food court on the other side. And like a, for you Californians, it's like a Ranch 99 that they're finally starting to make the Midwest here. But, you know, they had a voting booth there. But, you know, guess who are the people that are setting that up? Obviously, they're you know, they're it's a Democrat-run voting booth. And they're just whatever, you know, trying to get you to, hey, come here and vote. Come here and vote. And they were doing that on the college campuses. So the only...
0: Yeah, they're mm, not doing that at Tractor Supply.
1: No. So the only concentration that you see that's strong, strong blue was madison and it was a surprise that you know milwaukee wasn't as blue as they thought but there's such a concentration of population here that it still overran the rest of the state which was red which i don't know you know you can't really do an electoral vote within a state but how do you let all these you know people that most of them aren't even paying taxes are making the decision to you know who's going to govern the state
0: well I think part of it is is there's a lot higher voter turnout percentage in a city like Madison than there is in the outskirt areas. But if they know how important it is. I know, but they're not doing it. So, like, you said, right, there's a voter booth at the the world market and it's ran by Democrats, right? Well, that's not boo you on Democrats. That's boo you on fucking Republicans for not trying to do something, not trying to get creative.
1: Yeah, the they're same. not
0: spend, They're they're not spending any money. They're they're not getting out the grassroots voting campaign. They're not doing any of that shit. The Democrats are winning every fucking every bit of that
1: race. Yeah. Well, so meanwhile the Republicans are getting vilified, and, and they just sit there and just hope that oh well the country's shitty, so therefore people are just going to automatically vote for us.
0: Well, maybe hopefully that hopefully this is a sign that that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. Like I said, hope is not a strategy, so. No, I agree.
0: But we, I don't think we can solve those issues here from our, behind our computer monitors,
1: right? No. I thought maybe if I got more monitors, it would yeah, you, you, you got five now. World peace. You got five. I think that you're good. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck's going on.
0: I feel like you're a Wall Street day trader. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going down. It's going down. Sell, sell, sell.
1: Oh, some days I feel like it, man. I tell you. So, so anyway, so yeah. that's the the midterms. Hopefully, I don't know if Arizona's uh, sorted anything out yet, but you know, part of it too is, you know, I heard, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro had a good take on it. Is, is some of the candidates were just not good candidates. It's like
0: one hundred percent. I think that's the problem that happened in the governor race in Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, and then some of the uh, issues that came up was, is like you said, Democrats poured. You know, per state was like millions. I mean, beyond like $30 million of just campaign ads against basically what they did was steered the worst Republican candidate into the vote. And basically you had to choose from worse or much worse. And people chose the worse.
0: I've gone right. I've said this on here probably 100 fucking times by now. But. Ninety nine percent of people that want those jobs should not have those jobs. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the fucked up thing with a, with a position like that. Like, you just, the, the 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 messed up mental capacity or mental state that you have to be in to be like, I'm going to be the governor, I'm going to be the president, is just, like, you're already fucked.
1: Yeah. And the other portion that, you know, is kind of pissing me off is, uh, you know, I think Trump got himself way too involved in the midterms. He should have just stayed out. Because uh if you look at the results, I, I think all the Trump back candidates or majority of them didn't didn't get elected.
0: So there's this there's this song that I got sent to me the other day called Love Trumps Hate. You heard this song? No, is it got something to do with Trump or what? Yeah, it's a it's a rapper rapping about rapping about Trump. Oh really? Yeah, but oh. it's it's in a good like it's it's in a good way. I'm not sure why it's called Love Trump's Hate. Um no, I do know why it's called Love Trump's Hate. Um, but he's, he's talking about like, basically everything that we talk about on here and he's rapping about it. And then one of the lines is like, someday when I tell my son and I teach him how to vote and he asks about Donald Trump, I'm going to tell him he was a narcissistic prick, but man, he was a good president. Like, and that that's right. Right. Like oh, yeah. he's a fucking, he, if he could just control that ego, man, but he's a narcissistic prick with an ego that he can't control. But yeah, he did a lot of good stuff. <laughs> That's the fucking, that's the weird, like, I know. that's the catch-22, man.
1: He had good policies, but yeah, I mean, you get to the point where it's like, you start acting like a kid. I mean, he was like slinging mud at a uh, DeSantis. He's a it's child. Like, he's a, a child. Dude. Yeah, if you can't be the leader, quote, the leader of the Republican Party if you're slamming but, but your own good people. he's
0: He's been this way his entire life. Yeah. Like, if you've read any of his books, he's been this way his entire life.
1: You know, it's causing, you know, it's cause it's causing a ripple effect of issues to the party. And I think, like you said, the party needs to get creative. It's not about getting this figurehead that is, you know, so bombastically crazy. And just, you know, they need to f- figure out a strategy. Otherwise, they're going to lose the next presidential election. But I don't know. Sometimes I think the Republicans, man, they just sometimes it seem just so nutless
0: they're conservative it's right it's in the name
1: yeah but it's conservative weird. values A, yeah, but but conser- tactics shouldn't be but so conservative
0: nuts. values come along with conservative personality like if you're conservative you're conservative generally overall not you know it's not 100 but you're you lean more towards being conservative through and through right so if you're conservative like you're tactics are more conservative your 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 way of going about things are more conservative you're you know you're that's why people were like trump was so weird right because he was this outgoing bombastic like yeah. talk shit about everybody but trump
1: started as a dem oh yeah 100 for like decades oh yeah so i don't know man you got to get a said de DeSantis is one of those where it's like dude the guy makes sense and the guy is gonna punch back but not like a douchebag punchback, right? It's gonna make sense.
0: I still, I still want, uh, I want the the president from Jack Carr's book. Um, that's who I want. That's <laughs> I don't know.
1: I want you better to explain that to the, uh, the to listeners the listeners who haven't read.
0: Um, so I can't. I'm trying to remember which book it was from, but he is a. He gets introduced to us as a young kid who is with his fiance and they're supposed to be having breakfast with his dad. Um But the wife has to go to work early and she works in the world trade center and he is having breakfast with his dad when the trade centers are, are hit with the planes and yeah. go down and his wife dies and he spends the rest of his life. He, 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 he runs to the world trade center. He works there for weeks at a time, trying to unearth people, but goes into the military, spends the rest of his life basically trying to build himself up to get to a position, which this is kind of the fucked up part, Also, he can extract vengeance upon the people who were part of the bombing of the World Trade Center. But you don't know that until way later in the book. The way that they introduce him is this... Leader, This very well-balanced leader who listens to both sides and puts forth ideas that maybe aren't as popular on his side or aren't as popular on the other side, but they make perfect sense. And then he, he brings people together and he, he inspires <laughs> people to, to work together and inspires people to change and is working for a better country, not working for his party. Right, because that's the thing that's fucked up. When you sit down and talk to somebody, if you have a, if you have a friend that is truly a Democrat and you're truly a Republican, but you both know each other and you both love each other, you're both friends, right? You can sit down and when you get to the end of what you're both doing, like what you both really, 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 really want, it's always the same fucking thing. It's yeah. just you disagree about how we're gonna get there. That's the issue.
1: Right. I mean, it's almost like you have to take both parties, put them on an island, and have them figure out how to get off the island. Um, if we other? could just
0: take both parties, put them on an island, and fucking leave them there. <laughs>
1: I'm that talking be... about like an exercise to help them work oh, together.
0: Oh, oh, not an exorcism. To reprioritize. Not an exorcism. Of yeah, politics.
1: exorcism of politics. Wow, that's a good one, man. Like that? Wow, you must have really.
0: If that island hitting maybe, that word a day, maybe that island is uh oh acidulous. That was my word of the day the other day. Acidulous. Acidulous. Uh, I had a took a acidulous. lime. I squeezed a lime into my mouth, and it was extremely acidulous overly acidic and sour oh acidulous. yeah um <laughs> but what the fuck where i was going with this I learned oh, ni-ha. oh that island that <laughs> island that island's gonna be in peru and they're all we're all gonna we're gonna spike all of them with ayahuasca so they see the serpent and fuck have to come to grips with all of their deep dark <laughs> inner
1: fucking demons ayahuasca yeah the and then, is that what aaron Rodgers is taking
0: uh, he did a few ayahuasca ceremonies one or two yeah Oh my goodness. I mean, hopefully it helps the politics better than it helped Aaron Rodgers, because clearly that's not doing
1: much. Yeah, maybe that was their spiritual healing.
0: Sexual healing.
1: Spiritual healing. What a good
0: what a good roll right into our topic of the day.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Healing in all modalities of being squared away. Because man, we talk about growth and we talk about building and improving, but We get fucking damaged, right? We're individuals. We're humans. We have damage. Whether it's physical damage, mental damage, emotional damage, spiritual damage. Like, we're fucking damaged. And how do we go about healing this damage? You know? Yeah. And the physical one was easy, right? Like, I fucking... That one, I was... I threw threw that together in an hour. That was nothing. The rest of them were a little bit more complicated to start to put together, like processes that make
1: sense you know yeah healing is uh i mean it's there's no cookie cutter
0: no because first like healing is like fixing a car right like first you have to look at what's wrong yeah that's like what what do they call that you gotta you gotta do the diagnosis the diagnosis first man the diagnosis is the fucking hardest part sometimes yeah
1: and so like with
0: physical you know the biggest things with physical is 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 (sighs) there can be physical damage right cuts, sprains, breaks, lacerations, wounds, burns, stuff like that. That's all physical damage. But then there's also like stressed, long-term stress damage, whether it's, you know, micronutrient deficiencies that cause, you know, liver slow-term liver toxicity or your orga- something wrong with your organs or cancer stuff like that. Like there's so many things that can happen physically that I tried to just kind of break it down to a to a few I guess big overpoints that we can look at, you know. Yeah. Um one of the things is 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 it, it, you're going to get sick of me saying it, it throughout all of these different healings other than spiritual, which I'm sure it even has something to do with spiritual, but a food can be poison or food can be medicine. And if you are if if you are doing it wrong, you can fuck up a lot of stuff. And if you're doing it right, you can Mask a lot of fucking problems. Like the thing that people don't understand is the inflammation, the the constant inflammation that comes from the modern American diet causes or exacerbates a lot of the pain that comes from injuries that you normally wouldn't necessarily have pain from. Yeah. So when they start to cut into bodies of indigenous people that have passed away. They start to see a lot of the same issues that we have here. Arthritic joints, minor fractures, tendon tear, stuff like this. But these people never complained of the pain that came along with these things. Because if we think about what pain is, pain really is the nerves being sending an overactive amount of signals back to the brain. And that is causing pain. Whereas if you have arthritic joints, but your inflammation is so low because of your, you're eating your ancestral diet, basically. Right. You don't have the overabundance of inflammation to the point where you're getting a ton of fucking pain.
1: Right.
0: So, for every one of these, for your emotional health, for your mental health, for your physical health, you need to be eating a well-balanced, healthy, pretty natural diet. You can't be fucking your system up over and over and over. If you're yeah. a smoker, stop. Just stop. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the of the studies with um, cigarette smokers and bone repair. Oh, no. But people that break bones and smoke cigarettes heal drastically slower because the amount of oxygen getting to the wound in the blood is that much less.
1: Oh, wow. I suppose, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, for me, I know for sure, you know, kind of going through this, uh, this master's program is the effect on just canola oil, fried foods is massive. And how many people you see lined up at the Culver's or the taco hell and you know burger king and all that stuff it's like holy cow man people are just feeding into this pain and inflammation and um man we're i mean us i mean we're just trying to fight it and i mean i'm trying to do it with my diet i got a you know infrared sauna that helps you know quite a bit uh cold bass, ice bass. yeah have you done that yet
0: the ice bath? Yeah. I've done cold showers so far. Oh, okay. yeah. I haven't done the actual ice bath yet.
1: Oh, you just got to do it.
0: I know. I just got to I just got to take the time, stop and get some ice and just throw in the bath. I just haven't had the fucking... Just
1: take the ice maker. You don't need that, but, you know...
0: My ice maker doesn't make that much ice. Doesn't? No. Oh. We have an issue right now. If any of you guys are appliance repair people, my freezer seems to be building up some ice on the bottom of the freezer, and there must be an air intake that then goes up to the ice maker, because when the ice builds up, it stops freezing. My ice. So I'll have to, like, chip the ice away. And it's not a lot, you know, it's a quarter-inch max. Yeah. But when that goes away, then my ice maker up in my refrigerator starts to work again. Oh, okay. No idea what's going on. Anyways, not that you guys give a shit about this at all.
1: but it definitely helps with inflammation.
0: So there's a ton of studies that they do when they find these, these um, indigenous tribes. Yeah. Because what that is is these people are eating how they've evolved to eat over thousands of years. yeah. And so they go in and they do these, they'll they'll take all their health markers. They'll look at their cholesterol, their body fat, their teeth, their bones, their skin, their hair, their nails, all of their biomarkers. And then they'll kind of trace them. And so what they find is, is as these tribes slowly start to introduce themselves to what we call the modern american diet but really it's just the modern world diet of processed foods fried foods um elevated seasoning stuff like all this you know all this shit that we that we deal with right now all of the sudden all of these modern illnesses start to pop up they have zero they have like 0.001% rate of heart disease and all this shit, right? But all of a sudden, they get introduced to all this stuff, and within, like, single generation, so we're talking, like, 10 years, heart disease rates climb close to or above, because they're not evolved to eat any of this shit, national averages. Diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, arthrosclerotic plaques, like, all this shit climbs up.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why it's, you know, one of the reasons everybody thinks I like eating ethnic food just because, you know, Oh, cause you're ethnic, but I like going to these different places, even in different States, different countries and, and eating their food because it's so much, it's so much different. I mean, even the, what we call processed food, even cereals, the ingredients from cereals is different, but going back to your, you know, the indigenous people, if you ever meet anybody from, you know, South, Central America. Or anybody from uh, these third world countries that we think are, you know, maybe the malnourished. But if you ever look at them, they got the biggest hunk white-ass teeth. Healthy as hell. You know, nails are full. They got the big, the white crescents in their nails. And posture, everything. I mean, they look pretty damn good. And then you come over here, it's like, geez, people in their 30s and 40s are looking like they're sick and 50, 60 years old.
0: Yeah. So one thing that really got me with, with the tissue repair, right? So we're talking like sprains, strains, tears. If you guys don't know the difference, I did take some few notes on that. Sprains are the most minor form generally in a joint characterized by swelling, pain, and bruising. Uh, Strains are in muscles and tendons. So strains is when a tendon gets overstretched or a muscle gets overstretched. If you have a tear, generally you're going to have to have it repaired. Um, I didn't even know the difference between a tendon and a uh, ligament. Ligament. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're smarter than me.
1: Well, because I damaged enough of them.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a fair point. (laughs) My right arm. I'm always, I'm always the one where I'm like, oh, it could be a tear or a strain or I'm not, I'm just going to rest it. (laughs) Like the fuck. But, uh, sleep is going to be the biggest thing for any of these injuries. Um, it is legitimately, when your body does all of its repair, sleep and rest. Um, I have, this is, this is a tissue repair protocol put forward by Kelly Starrett. If you guys don't know who Kelly Starrett is, he, uh, he wrote the supple leopard. He is a Supple leopard, I believe doctorate holder in uh, physical therapy. And His whole idea is kind of going back to the science and not just assuming that we know because of what we've learned throughout time. One thing that that caught me from him is, is you should only ice for the first, like, 24 to 48 hours max. After that, icing an injury actually reduces how well it heals. You should be heating an injury to make the tissue more malleable make the tissue softer for nutrients to get to the injury, um, to increase blood flow to the injury. So like ice does stop some inflammation right away. Kind of that that overall swelling that that fucks with the joint. Yeah. But other than that, the only thing you're doing is you are numbing some pain. You're not actually improving the injury after the first few, you know, day max for for that. So um low-level cardio increases blood flow to the point that you're going to get drastically more nutrients to your injured joints which makes sense all these things when you think about them make sense but they aren't necessarily things that we think to do when we're
1: injured yeah. so what's a low-level cardio like that would be how anything where you
0: can anything where you can um maintain a conversation that's how you, that's how they justify <clears throat> low-level cardio it's called zone two is what they call it basically it's you know it's for, not like
1: you're walking the mall
0: are you I mean that would be considered probably high zone one, low zone two. It's it's very slow. Like you're you're talking heart rate probably somewhere eighty to maybe one oh five. So what's sex? Like zone five? Um, I mean it depends how you're doing it. I suppose. Right? Like it's some zone two mixed with some zone five, and then you go back to zone two to catch your breath, and then you go back to zone five. <laughs> You know,
1: unless you're like a marathon animal, you're probably like can redlining. I have a guy
0: yeah, guess, If you're David Goggins, you're just like, yeah, come on, get some.
1: <laughs> yeah. God, can you imagine having
0: sex with that guy? Like, no. all right, I'm done. We're it's over. I got 142 miles left to go, baby. <laughs> um, and then alcohol goes along with the smoking as it reduces the amount of oxygen that gets to the 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 Injury, and it
1: also increases inflammation. So alcohol does the same thing as smoking?
0: Not the same thing, but it's going to cause the same
1: issues. Doesn't so. necessarily. Smoking, the
0: issue is, is if you're a smoker, you you generally have lower oxygen saturation in your blood, period. Oh. Because of the damage to your lungs.
1: So is there any benefits to alcohol with to inflammation and healing? Not really.
0: It may thin the blood short term, but I believe, and I have no science to back this up, but just from everything that I've come across, is I believe that the long term negative implications are way going to outweigh the short term beneficial implications. So better off
1: just nothing.
0: Yeah, you're better off with nothing, especially if you're if you're trying to repair an mm-hmm. injury, you're trying to heal, you're trying to get better, you're trying to do something, and in that angle, you're better off with nothing. Yeah. Um, let me see. I got some fucked up notes here. Baby's blood. I know. You saw that and you're like, what in the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, I
1: thought you were talking about Joe Biden.
0: <laughs> no, so kinda. They gotta really, keep him alive
1: not, somehow. That dude's
0: Not really dead. Joe Biden, but but specifically. So, we talked about, when we talked about, fuck, I don't remember. The, not really Joe Biden? Monochrome? Was that what it was called? Adenochrome. You remember talking about adrenochrome yeah. with Rosie on the first podcast? I looked it up. It's half ass bullshit. But the science is there. So when they take the blood from young mice and put it into old mice, it drastically increases the I guess the health of all the tissues, all the organs, it ups the activity level. It basically it basically br- makes the old mouse younger.
1: Aren't you injecting, I mean, basically you're injecting more white blood cells than an old fogey is going to be producing anyway.
0: It's It's overall, it's everything. But there's a company out there now who has isolated the molecule that causes these beneficial improvements. And they are creating and testing this molecule uh, and its ability to basically, basically a fountain of youth. Hmm. Now, what we're testing it on Biden, where where we see this go in the next 10 years is is all going to be dependent on how the science comes out. But there is statistically and scientifically benefits from the young, from the youth blood. And they are working on, right, because you can't, you're never going to, you're never going to be able to go and pay for blood transfusions from a young, you know, human. And just the the health implications that could possibly come from that if there's any bloodborne illness, blood diseases, cancer, cell issues, like any of this shit is going, it's just too risky. But they've isolated the molecule and that could be
1: huge. So what are they gonna do? Have a Red Cross uh, bus show up at every school and start taking kids' bloods?
0: I mean once they isolate the molecule, then they can recreate that molecule
1: oh, by
0: itself synthetically. Hmm. That gets a little crazy. Oh, it 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 crazy and amazing at the same time.
1: <laughs> All right, well.
0: I mean, unless you're gonna go unless you're gonna like start getting blood transfusions from your kid just make sure you don't put any of your blood in him because it works the other way too Oh. just FYI Deesh. Um inflammation is a weird one we always talk about inflammation being like super negative right inflammation after doing a bunch of this research inflammation is actually the signaling that your body does to call for repair so inflammation is not bad itself it's chronic inflammation that never goes away. That's the problem. Yeah. So I wanted to get that out there because I always talk about, you know, reducing inflammation, inflammation being bad, but it's really not. Inflammation oh. is what tells our body, "Hey, we need to repair these issues." Um that's it for physical, whatever. That that was everybody knows that stuff. The biggest thing that comes out is the um heat later in an injury. But mental and emotional these I think are more applicable to the type of shit that we're kind of getting into, right? Yeah. So when you start to think about when you start to think about mental and emotional illnesses, there is imbalances, right? So these will be people that can't create enough of a certain chemical that make you happy, or create too much of a chemical that make you sad, or maybe their brain creates enough of these chemicals, but it, it's not uptaking enough of these chemicals. So that would be like a chemical imbalance, right? Yeah. And then there's damage caused from concussions caused from TBI, car accidents. Um I guess, you know, some people damage could is literally like stuff that has gone into their head. There's there's one guy who um accidentally took a nail to his head and it went in and 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 basically demolished one tiny portion of his brain where it didn't affect any of his ability to do anything. Yeah. But his, um, his ability to contain his emotions were com- was completely destroyed. Wow. So he would just fly off the handle. And it was because where this nail hit, it hit in the portion of your brain that controls your emotions. Was well, so it a
1: nail gun accident or something? Something
0: like that, yeah. Ooh, dang. Um, speaking of nail gun accidents, here's one. So... I- the the perception the perception that we have of pain yeah has a such a powerful impact on the pain that we feel so if you think about phantom limb pain right you know you probably know a decent amount of guys who've lost limbs if you know what phantom limb pain yeah. is, right? So most of the time, what this phantom limb pain is, is your brain is creating a pain that is in remembrance of the last place that you saw your limb, right? So if your fucking limb last, last time you looked down, your arm was destroyed, that pain is going to be. It's it's basically a, a a backwards wiring of the brain as to the last the last nerve singles that your brain had for that arm, yeah. And it just keeps re going. So there's this guy, and God, I wish I fucking remembered his name. He's at Stanford. I cannot remember his name. I'll try to get it for the podcast notes. But he, he, he's the foremost expert on phantom limb pain. And so he learned that that's how this shit worked. Yeah. And so what he did is he created this shadow box or this mirror box. So like, let's say your right arm is the one that's gone, right? And you have this phantom limb in your right arm. He would put a box up to your neck. And you would look down, and your left arm that actually works would look like your right arm. Okay? So you're looking down. You think that you have your right arm back.
1: Oh. Okay?
0: yep. So he he would have you look at your arm, and he would have you move it to a comfortable position. Completely gets rid of the phantom limb pain. Wow. Because your eyes are rewiring your brain to your limb being in a good spot. That's how oh. fucking powerful our our perception of pain is. The thing that you said the nail gun accident that makes me think of there's a guy gets an accidentally gets a 14 gauge nail put up through his foot, right? So it's in stuck in his boot, going out the top of his boot, it's in his foot. It is causing the most excruciating pain every way that he moves it's just pain shooting up his leg so they 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 get him up they get him on a stretcher they get him to the hospital they surgically remove his boot right the nail went between his toes didn't touch his skin other than scratching it
1: are you serious
0: but because the perception of that nail going through his boot it was causing his nerve endings to send nerve to send extreme excruciating Ooh. nerve pain to his brain to think that he was that injured. Wow. So that's how fucking powerful our our perception of pain is. Yeah. So now if you think about trying to reverse engineer that perception of pain, right? That's where some of the stuff um comes in of being able to actually like breathe through pain and being able to reprogram your brain um to be able to not feel the pain or to be oh. able to process the pain and stuff like
1: that. Do you think women can do that with menstrual cramps?
0: <sighs> I don't know. I guess that's a totally different thing. There's menstrual and,
1: cramps and childbirth and, you know, I mean, I've bet I've, <laughs> what's the worst pain in the world? The worst pain
0: in the world is an ab cramp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fucking sure. I'm pretty fucking sure that the worst pain in the world is an ab cramp. Like I, you, when, when, it, when you can't, do something with a pain, right? Like if you cut your finger and you grab your finger, like putting that fucking putting that, that pressure on it makes yeah. it feel better. But like, I'm sure it's similar to like an actual, uh, uh, a cramp for labor, right? It's like, you can't do anything. It's just, it's fucking there. It's a muscle that is just literally spasming itself out. Yeah. But so your mind is so much more powerful than you have any fucking idea. So if any of you guys out there, um have had bad concussions, um, try to sleep on your side. Your galils that um basically clean out the damage in between cells in your brain, operate better on your side, or sleep with your feet elevated, kind of sleep up on a pillow. That those have both got good science behind them as to improving the way that your galils work in your brain. Um if you get a concussion, like if you if you have a lot of previous concussions. Really, the biggest thing is going to be just you're going to have to make sure that you get an adequate amount of sleep. You can't be one of those people that doesn't get enough sleep because you're just you already have the damage and the damage is there. Yeah. But if you get a concussion like now and you're looking at concussion protocols, um, there's a lot of really good concussion protocols on how to like reduce the amount of long term damage that it's going to cause in the future. Yeah. Um, A lot of that is like reducing reducing light, reducing phone usage, electronic usage. Um, reducing noise, uh, icing the s- base of the spine where it goes up into your neck to kind of keep everything cooler up in your head. Um, a lot of rest. Um, let's see, what else do I got for that? Mental rest, limit screen time, low light, quiet sound. Oh, stay healthy and hydrated. Um, like everything, right? The the But with the concussions, it is going to be about trying to help your brain repair the damage that you have. And each consecutive concussion after the first gets worse. So, um, as far as other mental, like, physical issues, brain fog. A lot of people could talk about brain fog. I would consider that, I guess, kind of mental damage. But most of the time, brain fog comes from overuse, inflammation, too much alcohol, some sort of drug in your system whether it be prescription or non-prescription, shitty foods, uh inhalants, which is one that I never even thought of until I was doing research, but like no. if you're somewhere that you're sniffing in a bunch of nasty shit in the air, that fucks with your brain. And I never thought of that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um for that kind of stuff, you're it's going to be the similar to a concussion, but it's going to be a lot less evasive, right? So you're Go for a walk to create but more blood flow, take a nap, eat better food, do a workout, take a cold shower to reduce the inflammation. It's going to be all that kind of stuff to kind of get your body to repair itself and then just give it time.
1: Yeah. I almost had some brain fog this morning from, you know, overuse of my brain all week, I guess. it
0: And it, and it happens, right? And it's, <laughs> it's sort of like for a lot of us, if we know that we're pretty healthy people and we get that brain fog, it's probably one of those things where... It's more of just a, a, a fuel gauge to tell us, like, hey, it's time to time to take a break, time to take a yeah. rest, you know, time to turn the brain off and kind of do some non-usage, you know? Yeah. But.
1: Which I'm joking. I mean, I probably didn't have brain fog. I just probably did something stupid.
0: Yeah. You, well, I mean, I have this conversation pretty regularly. People are like, yeah, oh, man, my memory's getting shitty. I don't know if it's your memory. I think it's your, um, it's an attention issue. Because of the stuff that we're all doing, right? Yeah. You're looking at your phone, you're talking to somebody on the phone, you're texting somebody. It's an attention issue, not necessarily a memory issue. Oh, yeah. I don't know where I put that shit. My memory's so bad. Is it that your memory's bad or you were completely preoccupied when you put it down and that's why?
1: Yeah. That's probably true because sometimes, man, when I'm reading, sometimes I'm like, man, I didn't remember anything that I read. And it wasn't because I'm like losing my mind. It's awesome, like, oh, because my mind was like drifting off and like the five things that I was thinking about, I was going to do that day, but I was still reading. Mm-hmm. I just didn't comprehend anything that I just read. So. Yeah.
0: And that's so easy to do if it's something that you're, you're reading, but you're not like completely invested in, you're not buried in it. You know, if you're in a, like a really good book, it's easy to lose yourself in the book and you yeah. forget about all that other shit. But if you're not that invested in the book, it's like, oh, I read a page and a half and I don't fucking remember anything it just said. Yeah. Um... And then the emotional is where, it sk- where, where the other damage kind of comes in. And I don't necessarily know, you don't want to call it damage, but there is chemical issues that people have um, that cause depression, that cause anxiety, that cause all these different, I guess, psychological illnesses that we talk about, right? And there is no one thing that we can necessarily point to. Some are very situational. Some are very um, neurochemical. So it is literally your body does not create enough dopamine or does not create enough serotonin, right? And, but a lot of them are both. It is you are unhealthy. So your body is not creating or uptaking enough of these good chemicals, and you're in a shitty situation which is exacerbating the fact that you are a little bit lower on dopamine than you should be. And that's where I think a majority of people are. You Hmm. know what I mean? Food affects
1: my Hmm. It's
0: just, it's, it's, it. if you, you and I think about it, right? Like people that complain about anxiety or complain about depression, but they're unhealthy and they're in a shitty situation. So what Dr. Dr. John Deloney told us, right? Is like with anxiety, If you can take a medication to put the fire out so that you can repair the shit that's fucked up in your life, that's okay. Like, that's completely understandable. Because if you are completely depressed or you have debilitating anxiety, you are not going to fix the shit that needs to be fixed. It's not going to happen.
1: What about the risk, the side effects of that? Uh,
0: So I think that a lot of that is going to come down to who is your administrating doctor? Who is your therapist? Are they literally just trying to get you on something to get you out, which I think is a big problem
1: with the VA, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Or are you going to somebody that says, hey, these are the issues that we need to work on. This is what we're going to start on for a drug. We're going to get that in your system. And then we're going to work on these issues. Yeah. Therapy with just drugs without the therapy is, is just a band aid.
1: Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is, you know, i run into a lot of people that are like, well, you know, I had a buddy, uh, told me this a couple other weeks, like, well, I'm just going to trust my doctor because, you know, they went to school for this and, you know, that's what doctors are supposed to do. But, you know, my line to him is, Guess what? If your doctor doesn't ask you about your your diet or nutrition, right, doesn't ask you about your health habits, doesn't ask you about the stress that's in your life, and he's pushing medication, then you don't have a doctor, man. You just got a drug dealer is all you got. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, you know, if you want to start. Here's, here's a good example that you can use when you're talking to somebody like that. A thousand milligrams of EPA scientifically has the same effect as 20 milligrams of one of the leading antidepressants.
1: Thousand milligrams of EPA, like EPA. omega three. Yeah, EPA is omega three. Yeah.
0: Only, only EPA though, not not just the fish oil, but EPA specifically has the same effect on depression as twenty milligrams of one of the leading—I don't remember which one—one one of the leading antidepressants. Hmm. So, if just like that is a good example to make somebody go, oh, maybe it does have a little bit to do with what I'm putting in my body, right?
1: Yeah, but, um, but if they're official doctors and telling them that, then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, but I'm, I trust my doctor because they went to school for that."
0: We have we have this thing called the vagus nerve, and the vagus nerve is, I believe, comes out of the tenth. Uh, and I'm not even going to try to fucking remember where it comes out of the spine. Um, but basically, the vagus nerve goes from the brain down to all of the organs, specifically heart lungs, digestive system, okay? And the vagus nerve is what's telling these organs what to do, but it's a two-way street. So we have sensors in all of these systems that tell the brain how these systems are doing, what they're sensing, what what's in them, right? So the vagus nerve can legitimately sense sugar in your digestive system that is below the taste threshold and make you want a specific food more then then the same food without sugar added because the the sensors are so sensitive that it can actually tell us what is in the food well so hmm. if you think that your digestive system can be completely filled with shit and in awful shape and and your brain is just going to be working fine you're fucking high yeah no, that only makes sense you know So like the whole basic point of that part of the conversation is, is that food has profound effects on our mood. So it's not the only thing we should be doing, but it is one thing that we should be paying a fucking attention to. (laughs) If you're literally only going to bandaid the problem with an antidepressant or an anti anxiety, but you're not going to one, try to get your body healthy and two, try to fix all the fucked up shit in your life that's actually going wrong right yeah like this is one of the things i think of with the relationship podcast that we talked about last week you know oh i'm depressed and i have anxiety well you hate your fucking life you literally hate going home because you fuck you're not in love with your spouse you you're you know don't even want to talk to them they don't give you any sort of beneficial feeling of course you're depressed and fucking have anxiety why wouldn't you yeah, the, probably the, you know, one of the most important relationships in your life is awful.
1: Yeah, no, well, that makes sense. I mean, would you agree that uh, there's some people that will eat to one not to have to deal with anything or eat to eat to, uh, I guess, uh, escape? Almost so like I a think, drug. So,
0: so here, here's where that vagus nerve comes in again is carbohydrates processed carbohydrates especially because of the elevate the how fast they hit your system yeah actually they they act like a drug they hit the same part of your brain they increase the same um neurochemicals dopamine or serotonin yeah that that drugs do so you're literally it's a coping mechanism it's the same as drinking it's the same as gambling it's the same as sex it's not sex because sex and eating is one of those things that we always have to do but if you're using it that way, it's the same unhealthy relationship that you have with it. Yeah. So, yes, I agree 100%. It's a coping mechanism to deal with, you know, to be able to make yourself feel happier when you're in a shitty situation.
1: Yeah. Oof. A lot of people doing that.
0: I mean, there's a lot of people in shitty situations. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. So how do we how do we help them get get through that? And that's where I'm at with this is like, A let's try to look at the whole picture right the holistic picture so a what are how how are we feeling are we feeling anxious are we feeling depressed are we feeling this are we feeling that usually when you talk to a therapist talk to a psychologist you talk to a doctor they're going to be they're going to be able to say okay if you're feeling this way it's likely that your brain is not getting enough dopamine or not getting enough serotonin right yeah then Let's look at what we can do to improve that part. So if it's a you know if it's a, a a drug, along with getting ourselves healthy, and then let's look at the fucked up situation that we're dealing with. That's likely causing the majority of our issues. Yeah. Let's not let's not ignore any aspect of those things. And I just I, I really want to you know because we do talk about. The negatives of a lot of those drugs, but I really want people to understand that, like, if you are in a situation where you can use those drugs to put out the fire, to be able to improve the fucked up shit that's going on, then they are completely okay. Yeah. They are okay. But they can't just be a band aid. Yeah. It can't just be somebody that, that gives them to you and then you you come back and then you never talk to them until you need a new prescription. Right. Right. Like it has to be in line with therapy, in line with a growth mindset, in line with making our bodies healthier, right? And that's all I have for those ones in spiritual healing. I don't know what what is spiritual healing, Martin.
1: Well, spiritual healing is uh, it, it ties into the emotional and the mental and the physical, believe it or not. I, I believe it one hundred percent. We're we're a holistic system, right? Right. I mean, one of the biggest uh, the biggest stats. And I know Salvation Army uses it quite a bit. Is that you know, fifty nine percent of people that are in quote tough times or feeling like their life is a disaster, right, um, will turn to a religious counselor, right, or their pastor, or or somebody spiritually to help them out, or those just all of a sudden will just pray, right? You know, the there there's. Christians out there that lead a disciplined spiritual life, which means, you know, every day you got that relationship with God, you're praying and you're, you're daily getting fed in the word. And it's the same thing with diet is there's this other group that, Hey, it's breaking case of emergency, right? White knuckling the rosary, they call it. And when something goes wrong, all of a sudden boom, they become super spiritual.
0: I like that. White knuckle in the rosary. That's what it is, right? <laughs> I, like, I like that. That's all of a sudden it's like, oh well, we're we're gonna do whatever the hell we want
1: and oh yeah, yeah, Christianity, whatever, blah, 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 or you know, Catholicism or whatever they do, and then all of a sudden when things when shit hits a fan, all of a sudden you see their posts go from extreme, crazy, pagan, you know, worship, whatever thing, to Oh, pray for my family. Pray for me, and you know it's it's literally yeah. That's what it's called. It's White Knuckling the Rosary, man. And uh, I'm not Catholic, but it's just a term. Yeah. Or you know, um, they got their their Christianities and the the emergency break class in case, right? So and then they start running there and they start calling everybody and get their pastor and you know gotta pray for me. And then the minute that that disaster's over, all of a sudden, boom, they're back to whatever they're doing. So there's zero discipline at all. So spiritual healing is, is a journey. Okay. This isn't the Santa Claus help me out when, you know, I need to win the lottery or something. Right.
0: I mean, that'd be all right too. That last Powerball would have been bomb.
1: Yeah. Somebody got in California. Yeah. Some $2 billion for one person. They're going to need it down there anyway. Yeah. But, um, but you know, spiritual healing, it's, it's a journey and that's, we live in an age right now where You know, because we've made ourselves so busy, because we've created our own problems, like you're saying, just even from our diet. Yeah. Our physical diet, our mental diet, and our emotional diet. Because if you look at, you know, how parenting has kind of uh, evolved over the years, there's a lot of people that really aren't parenting anymore. And the product that you're seeing out there is, yeah, is we want to blame the millennials. I I think it's not just a millennial issue. It's just bad parenting. Yep. There's a host of bad parents out there, and their kids grow up to be, you know, age adults. I call it age adults because mentally they're not adults. 100%. They're just basically grown kids. We
0: talked about that this week with old men. You know, Not just men, but old old people. Like, you look at old people and you think, like, these people are developed and matured and have learned, but there's a lot of them that are just literally fucked up 18-year-olds that have put 50 more years of fucked up on the top. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've met people in their 70s that are no different than kids. Yeah. And they don't have a growth mindset. Eventually, it's sad to watch because they're they start going quicker because it's like a muscle that never gets worked. And spiritually, sp- your spiritual life is like a muscle. If you don't work it, it's going to atrophy. It's going to die. And um you know, spiritual healing, I mean, the basics come from, you know, is is prayer it's feeding yourself in the word, right? Devil's food or angel's food. If you put angel's food in, boom, that's what's going to come out. Input, output. Um, uh, what, what else we got here is, uh, the biggest thing is fellowship. So if you're not even looking at the spiritual healing from the Christianity side, you know, spiritually, if you're looking up like chakra or anything else, all it means is spiritual healing means it involves having somebody else helping to administer administer that um, that help to you spiritually to help give you that that energy to heal, um, but it's bottom line it, it's an it's an everyday thing. So if you find a good counselor, and you know I was talking to my daughter yesterday, and she's going in psychology, and uh, she's saying that yeah the the numbers, the data for the amount of counselors that are out there now have sharply risen. That's good. And a lot of people are starting to say, hey, you know, I need to see a counselor, whether it's a a weekly or monthly basis. Um, I got a friend of mine that left the VA because of how garbage, you know, the VA has been to vets, and has started his own practice. And he's gotten people from around the world that basically he counsels via video, via zoom, right? Because that's just what they need. They may need somebody once a week, once a month, maybe, you know, once a day, hopefully not, you know, pretty messed up then, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's not a shame for guys. Cause I know guys are horrible at it. It's, it's not a bad thing. If you guess what, you just see a counselor or if you want to term it a therapist, whatever you want to call it, but somebody to, you know what, just Take the load off your chest. Unload some of the stress and and get some advice.
0: I hate that guys have no ability to connect with their emotions. It's like, I can see that you're fucked up. If you would literally just take two seconds and step outside yourself, You would see that you're fucked up, but we're just going to ignore it. And you're just going to keep going around the same path. You know, like talk about fucking up your kids, fucking up your relationships, fucking up everything else. Right. Like if you can't even look at yourself, you know, what was the the fucking, you know, Michael Jackson line, start with the man in the mirror. Yeah. You know, like, first of all, it at least be able to admit you have issues.
1: Yeah. But is it a male thing, though? I think it's a
0: lot worse of a male thing than it is females.
1: I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that, you know, over the years, I mean, when you're going back to the the Leave it to Beaver era, you know, the the women were the nurturers when they were home and they were basically, they were kind of in touch with things and they had to self-evaluate and discipline the kids and keep the day-to-day things going. Where with the guys, I mean, they're working to support the family and that's what it was. Well, it's slowly evolved to now careers have become more than just supporting the family. And now the stay at home moms are like, boom, they're career driven. So now you got the, the male and the female that are career driven. And instead of, okay, what's best for the family? Now they're like, well, what's best for me? What's going to make me happy? What's going to fill that, you know, that dopamine bucket that keeps emptying out every day? And people have become more selfish. And the more selfish you are, the less that you're going to be getting out of that, you know, selfish circle and looking from the outside and saying, gosh, man, I really suck at this. I really need to work on this. Yeah. man, I think that's that's half the problem there. And that's why that type of belief now creates all these broken people. But a lot of people go to therapy because they're like, well, why am I not happy? And uh, I think a lot of therapists will be like just kind of walking them through, well, what's gonna make you happy? Instead of just, you know, sometimes there's a hard line where they say, Guess what? You need to step back and reevaluate yourself. And this is what I'm here for as a therapist, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Reevaluate what are your val what are your values right now? Yeah. Like, are you not happy? Well, first of all, are you even going in line with what you want out of life?
1: Yeah. And a lot of these therapists, I mean, you know, I've experienced in the VA is, is they just kind of will walk you along and be like, oh, well, maybe this happened when you were little and, you know, let's, let's revisit that in the next, uh, next session here. And you, and you never get any progress,
0: right? There's good mechanics and bad mechanics, right? Like there's good, there's, there's people who, you know, you can take your car and the fucker's going to be fixed. It's going to be fixed. Right. Yeah. And then there's people that you don't know if they're even going to fix what's wrong, let alone fuck something else up. Right. It's the same way with therapists.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately. Right.
0: It is. I mean, it really is. Look if you if you can, like if you're actually going for like some depression, if you're actually going for anxiety, look for someone that specializes in cognitive behavioral therapy. CBT. It is it is one of, if not the most statistically beneficial forms of therapy when it comes to actually fixing fucked up things. It's all about um actually being aware of the feelings and then being able to do things that change them versus just like, but, but, but it's work, right? It's like everything else. It's work. It's, it's not just going to be like go and talk to him once a week and you're just going to get better. Right. So
1: it's, well, it's like I said, it's a journey, you know, it's a discipline
0: for sure. So we really haven't healed anybody today. We've talked a lot of shit. We've told everybody to eat healthier and it's okay to take some (laughs) drugs if you're going to also work on your fucked up life. Well, it's,
1: I don't think we have to heal anybody where, you know, not the leper healers here, but I think what we're here trying to say is that guess what? The part of being squared away is, is there's disciplines in all four aspects of your life and you have to apply the discipline and it's a journey. You're going to have some rough days and you're going to have some good days, but everything plays in together in all four parts into one holistic piece of, of your mental and emotional spiritual state so excellent I think that's a wrap